Is your teen with a disability able to formulate realistic future plans and goals? As a parent, have you thought about the importance of high expectations for your child with a disability? These are just two of the questions we're going to talk about today. Today you're going to meet Dr. Richard Chapman. Dr. Chapman has his PhD in Counselor Education and Supervision with a focus on quantitative research and disability studies. He's a licensed mental health counselor and a certified rehabilitation counselor. He has presented at conferences. He has written and co-authored several peer review articles and book chapters on topics around disabilities, mental health, self-determination, and high expectations. Dr. Chapman is somebody I've known since he was working on his associate degree. So for me to talk to him today is a special treat. He's going to share with you his experiences becoming a PhD and what that was like and the accommodations for cerebral palsy and how those worked at the PhD level. And he is also going to share with you the impact of his disability on his education. And he is going to talk to you about his particular expertise, and that is self-determination. So without further ado, I would like to introduce Dr. Richard Chapman on College Disabilities and Success, Episode 26, Disabilities and Self-Determination with Dr. Richard Chapman. By Mickey Hayes. The opinions in this podcast are my own, but please reach out to your college physicians or legal services for any additional information. Today I am going to introduce you to Dr. Richard Chapman. That's so cool. Dr. Richard Chapman. When I knew you, you were 18 or 19, just starting out at community college. So to see you as Dr. Richard Chapman is very exciting. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Thank you, Mickey. Let me first off say that I am so excited to be here. I have I have known Mickey for a long time. It probably makes us feel old. I am not going to do that. My name is Richard Chapman, and I am a postdoctorate fellow at the University of, of Kansas. And I grew up in Florida all my life. I graduated from Hillsborough Community College in Tampa, Florida, then went on to USF to get my bachelor's degree, but that wasn't enough for me. I uh, went on to get my master's degree immediately in rehabilitation and mental health counseling where I specialized in marriage and family therapy. I am a certified rehabilitation counselor and a licensed mental health counselor. After my master's degree, I had the doctorate idea in the back of my mind, but it's like, you know what, I'm not going to do my doctorate right now. So I went out and I worked for a couple of years as a working mental health counselor. And then in 2015, or maybe it was 16, I decided to pursue a PhD in counseling education and supervision. And I have 
focused on the studies of self-determination for individuals with disabilities, self-advocacy, and self-determination. And that's where my work is now. Could you uh, share a little bit about your own disability? I am diagnosed with cerebral palsy. For those of you that don't know, cerebral palsy is a condition that affects the muscle in your body. It is the result of lack of oxygen at birth. Cerebral palsy, for me, but my familial skills, my speech, and how I walk. Do individuals with cerebral palsy often show learning disabilities as well? Yes, yes, they do. And I have struggled when I was younger with a reading, learning disability, and issues affected to familial skills. But clearly, Dr. Richard Chapman is able to handle the reading and figure out ways to accommodate and compensate for it. I was in one, one class, Mickey, where, where you had to read six books, and it was at the doctorate level. I grew up in the public education system. I'm a proud graduate of the Florida public education system, and I grew up getting accommodations at both my undergraduate masters and my graduate level. And it's been definitely interesting. What kind of accommodations did you get as a graduate student? I've always registered with disability services. That was no problem. But as a graduate student, I basically needed someone to write, take notes in classes. And and if I had an actual test I had to take, I would get double time and but that's about it. So basically, no. they were the same as your undergraduate and y- y- all yes. along. Yes, yes. But but let me let me talk about this because I think this is important. It's, Good. At some point, and you're going to probably slap me for this. But it's, <laughs> it, it, I, some, I can't reach through the computer. You're I, safe. Yes, yes. At some point, I decided. There were classes where I didn't even presented my accommodation just just because they weren't really necessary. I mean, I felt like in my graduate program, I was supported to do what I needed to do. And at some point, it's all at some point all your your graduate level classes that you're asked to write twenty five page papers in that and. You can't really make accommodations um, like that. Undergraduate, not not much at the master's level, but at the doctorate level, it doesn't it doesn't compare unless you're doing like mathematics or, or something like that. So, and I think I don't think a lot of people realize that because once you get into the master's level and doctorate level, the number of tests you take diminishes significantly. Yes. And so you're doing more research and paperwork, writing essays, and 
Writing on papers, writing, writing on papers, right? Yes. Yeah. And now the assistive technology for that is is better too for that sort of thing. I love Dragon. I mean, dragon is basically my best friend, it, and it's like my voice activated in computer. So I I just love it. That's so. what I was going to ask you. What you recommended because I know a lot of people don't know what some good assistive technology is. And so Dragon is the one you like. Dragon Naturally Speaking? Yes. I or Dragon that. Perfectly Speaking, I think? Naturally, not, naturally Speaking. Naturally and, Speaking. And you need to use a good microphone. So, yes. So that's what I do. So. Very good. So throughout your time as not only a graduate student, but since you've graduated and the jobs that you had in between, how involved were you with self-determination and self-advocacy. Self-determination and self-advocacy is my area of research and and I I'm I'm privileged to to be part of a team of individuals that studies that here. Could you define self-determination for people and explain to them what you did and why it's important? Yeah, that's a big question. Mickey, um, so let me take a minute to kind of explain that. Absolutely. I I started out as an individual in the disability rights movement, advocating for community living and competitive and integrative employment in a more just and inclusive community. So that's kind of how I got my start with self-advocacy and self-determination. I just realized that I didn't even answer your question. Self-determination, planning symbol, and how it's been defined by people like Kerry Shogren and Mike Waymeyer, who, who were part of a team that, that offered this idea of Causal agency theory, which is basically my basically a a theory of self determination, and if we look at if if we look at causal agency theory, self determination is defined plain and simple: is the ability to make stuff happen. In your life, and that that the key definition of of self determination. Richard, I will let the audience know how to get information about Dr. Carrie Shogren and Dr. Mike Waymeyer and causal agency theory at the end of the podcast. So currently, you are a disabilities study scholar at. The University of Kansas. Would you talk about that for a moment? I am a disability studies scholar. I consider myself as a disability studies scholar, and what that means to me is I've have been involved in standard disability advocacy stuff, and I've 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 also been in, involved in standards 
scholarship research on self-advocacy, self-determination for individuals with disabilities. And that is what I do today. I'm a postdoctoral fellow at the University of Kansas studying self-determination in the self-determination research group here at KU, and I am part of the Kansas Center on Developmental Disabilities. Do you run into a lot of young adults who need understanding and encouragement to determine their own futures? I do. It it is is something that, that it happens. I mean, it, it all depends, but I, I, I think it starts out much earlier than, than young adults. It, it starts out with having high expectations for everyone, and I, I think I think the ability to have high expectations for everyone is is absolutely critical that and that is really critical. I agree. I, I really do agree. I know that I have seen that over and over and over in students, that the students who instinctively have high expectations seem to be more successful in, in my experience. And have yeah. you found that to be the case? And I'm, I'm going to talk about my own experience. Oh, would uh, you please? Thank you. I'm I mean, because I think that is important here, here because my family had high expectations for me. They they were very into academics and stuff like that. So my my family was the one that had high expectations for me, and that's where I get. This inspiration is from my family. I think that's a really important point because many of the audience I know are parents of teens that are transitioning into college from high school. And making that switch from high school to college is an enormous jump in mm-hmm. having to take care of yourself as an 18 year old at college and solve your own problems. I think that really starts early, like you mentioned, early on in the child's development. Yeah. Encouraging them to speak up when they need to and do what they can, attend the IEP meetings, whatever they can do mm-hmm. to be aware of their situation and yeah. how to accommodate this situation yeah. so that they can be successful. Yeah. What do you plan for the future? Have you any new plans afoot that I should be sharing? Or do you want nothing new yet? To be determined. Um no all seriousness, I am I envision myself continuing in academia. That's what I I I continue mm-hmm. to do. So And will you be doing more research, you think? More self-determination? Yes, yes. Very good. I think that the University of Kansas is very, very lucky to have you there. I, I, I'm happy to be here. I, I just want to say that our research team is great, and it's not just it's it's the team of people that it's we the have. team of people. I mean, it's uh, well, not yeah. 
And I say that's very important too, because going back to the very beginnings of your college experience, part of understanding how the whole game of college works is working with other people mm-hmm. in teams, in, co- in groups, on projects, on committees, whatever you need to do. You're always out there working with others. Do you want to chat about that for a minute? Uh, yeah. I mean, this idea of team-based science, there are people that, especially in undergrads, you give a group project, and there's always one or two students that come up and say, can I do my project by myself? And it's like, if I was a teacher, you would, I would say, sure, you could do your project by yourself. You'll get a COAG because the importance is the team-based aspect of everything. So You're right. You're right. That, Absolutely. That and is, I have had students who wanted to work alone. And I think understanding that you are going to be working with others is uh, sometimes it's a shock to the system with the new mm-hmm. kids when they're first starting out in college. But it is so, so very important. Yes, yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I, I think everything that we do, we do as a team. And I think that is one of the biggest lessons that I have learned this year, that we do it as a team. That's right. So. That's right. Well, Richard, this has been wonderful to have this opportunity to talk to you. Thank you for having me on. I am honored that you were here today with me. Thank you so very much, Dr. Richard Chapman everybody. So thank you, Richard. As Dr. Chapman pointed out, self-determination is critical for individuals with disabilities. They have the right to plan and determine their own future. And offering your children high expectations will help them grow in their ability to determine their future. If you would like to know more about Dr. Carrie Shogren and Dr. Michael Waymeyer at the University of Kansas and their work with causal agency theory and self-determination, I will be sure to include those links in the show notes. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at mickeyteaches at gmail.com. That's mickey, M-I-C-K-I-E, teaches at gmail.com. Have a great rest of the day, and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Information contained throughout this podcast has been gleaned from my own personal experiences. But to ensure accuracy, please contact the Disability Services at the College of Your Choice to have firsthand information and the most up-to-date policies and procedures followed by your particular institution of higher education. The content in any of these podcasts is not intended as a substitute for information from legal, educational, or medical professionals. Always seek the advice of your attorney or qualified health care provider with any questions you may have with regards to legal, educational, or medical concerns.